Episode 157, Five Reasons for Maintaining a Professional Distance with Clients. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, alongside Jason Jennings. Jason, great to see you. Uh, Dale, it's uh, great to be back with you. Always, uh, always look forward to doing these. And it's good that we have this professional distance, considering what we're going to talk about today. It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> so... Uh, the obvious for this is what is in the news between uh, people in Congress stepping down from their positions, uh, people in media stepping down from their positions, people in business stepping down from their positions because of sexual harassment allegations, claims, and facts. Uh, that's on the face of it. But really, this topic, the reason for this topic goes even deeper than that, based on a conversation you had with a listener of the podcast recently, when we talk about why it's so important to maintain these professional, a professional distance in our working relationships. All right. So what I've got for you today is the last thing that I would ever want to do, because I've got a lot of foibles in my character, I'm sure. So I would never want to sit here and appear holier than thou and say, these are the rules that I've come up with over the years for me, and therefore everybody else should have these rules. But I do want to, I, I do want to share with our viewers and listeners some rules that I've developed for myself over the years. And, but more importantly than the rules, are, are the five incredible benefits that accrue from maintaining a professional distance. And so what happened is several weeks ago, I've got a dear friend and a former business colleague in Australia, Nick Stathis. And uh, several weeks ago, we did a, a, a podcast uh, based on a suggestion from Nick. And so this week, I, I popped an email in my inbox, and I happened to have uh, Outlook open. And it said, hey, we need to catch up pretty soon. And so on the spur, I, I didn't have any time, busy, rushed, crazy, even though we're not supposed to use the word busy. And I thought, if I don't do it now, I'm going to do it. I, it won't get done. So I picked up the telephone and I, I called Nick in Brisbane, Australia. It was early morning there. And uh, we started chatting. We were having a delightful conversation. He finally said, you know, I love the podcasts. He said, I've turned lots of people onto the podcasts. He said, I've listened to every one of them. He said, but there's one you've never done. And I said, what's that? And he said, don't you recall when you were working with us? Uh, he said, you used to do this several hour segment on the importance of professional distancing. And I went, yeah, why have we never done this? And it sure is appropriate now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to begin, if it's okay, I'm going to begin by sharing the five rules that, uh, well, there are five guiding principles that, that I developed for myself over the years. Again, not from a position of being holier than thou. They just made common sense at the time. But I think they might all come together and make sense when we talk about the five incredible benefits that have resulted from having these five guiding principles for myself. So can we go there? Absolutely. Let's dive in. And they all came, they all came from anti-heroes. They all came from people who I didn't want to be like. Mm. So when I was a kid growing up and working in radio, uh, there was a radio sales guy who worked for a competing radio station. And everybody in town called him Old Joe. 
And old Joe had a problem with a bottle. And so once in a while, old Joe would go on a bender and he wouldn't be around for a while. And the rest of his time, he had his order book <clears throat> for radio advertising, and he'd be slapping it against his thighs. He walked up and down the streets, going to this store and that store and this store, trying to get an, get an order for some radio commercials. And uh, he, he was always schmarmy and schmoozy and assumed familiarity and, and had a joke and an off-color story. And the only problem was, uh, behind his back, uh, it's not that anybody liked him. They all thought he was an old goof. And there was no hesitation to tell you when you wanted to see them about old Joe the goof. Well, I, I knew very early on in my life that I, I never wanted to be seen by anybody that way. And so the first rule, guiding principle that I developed, is that I would not have friendships with clients. I would always be friendly with clients uh, 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 agreeable, personality-driven, and helpful, but I was not going to build friendships with my clients. Now, th and this sounds like a hard one because think of how much business has historically been transacted uh, in the United States, well, around the world, by getting people to like you, and then they kind of feel obligated to maybe give you a chance or throw some business your way. Increasingly, that's not the case anymore, Dale. Uh, friendship is out of the equation in most business transactions. People are looking for price. People are looking for value. Uh, they are being, want to be able to measure that value. And if you're their best friend and can't, can't deliver measurable value, I mean, in, in accurate metrics, I mean, you're not going to have a relationship. So I would say always friendly, but I have never developed friendships uh, with current clients. I have some friends in my world today who were clients of mine 15, 20, and 25 years ago, but while they were my clients, uh, we were not uh, buddies uh, going to concerts and games together. So that served me well, and I'll explain why in a few minutes. Next, um, I was on one of my business, first business trips, Dale, uh, on behalf of the Patent Corporation, a big advertising agency and a, a group owner of radio stations. And I was serving right out of school. I was serving as the executive assistant to the chairman of the board of the company, Pat Patton. And this was one of my very first business trips. And I was sent down to uh, Arkadel the unlikely, unlikeliest place on the planet, Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Uh, there was a Chevrolet dealer in, Ar in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, who that year was the president of the Arkansas Chevrolet Dealers Association and controlled, I don't know, two or three or four million dollar budget back then. And so I was sent down to get to know the guy and make sure we had no problems, see what it was going to be like going forward. And so I remember I flew into Little Rock, got a rental car. I mean, I was really strutting my stuff on this one of my very first business trips. And there was a Holiday Inn uh, right outside of Arkadelphia, Arkansas. And, uh, and it's important that it was right outside because Arkadelphia was dry. Much of Arkansas was dry at that mm. time, but by building it right outside the city limits, this Holiday Inn had a bar. And I remember I arrived at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I checked in, and I don't think I very often had any kind of a drink back then, but all of a sudden, the idea, maybe it was the importance of being on a business trip. I, maybe it was a hot day. I just decided I was going to go in the bar and have a beer. And so I'm sitting in the bar having a beer, uh, and there's two guys, obviously a sales guy and a client, three or four bar stools down. And the sales guy was three sheets to the wind. Mm -hmm. And I, was, I, I remember listening to the conversation and hearing how stupid people are, I mean, when they're all liquored up. And eventually, a few minutes into it, this guy passed out 
and fell off the bar stool with God as my witness. He just slithered and slumped down to the floor. And that was the day I said to myself, you know what? I'm never going to have a drink with clients. Never. I'm not going to drink any liquor or alcohol or beer with clients. And I've maintained steadfast in that rule my entire life. Again, it's not that I'm a teetotaler. I love to have a cocktail, but I'll do it with family and friends. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it with clients uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. Loose lips sink ships. I mean, you can find yourself in compromising situations. I mean, why Why would you want to go there? And um, it's even become a game with many of my clients over the years where they'll say, come on, you're going to have one drink with us. Come on, you're going to have one drink with us. And I say, no, I'm not going to have a drink with you. I may have a drink later on alone, but I'm not going to have one with you. Well, why not? Because you're my client and I have a guiding principle that I don't drink with clients. And they try and they try and they try and they try. And ultimately, I've had so many of them come back and say, do you know how much I respect you for that? I mean, mm. we, we worked you over for years to try to get you to have a drink with us. And I mean, you stated your reason why, why you wouldn't do it. And you know what? We gave you a tough time, but I mean, we're very respectful of that. Again, these are rules that work for me. Number three. No dinners with clients. No dinners with clients. And let me, let me give you my reasoning for that. I will tell clients, I will meet you for breakfast. I will meet you for lunch. However, I'm out on the road 100, 120 nights a year. If I went out to 70, 80, or 90, or 100, you know, alcohol-fueled, rich food dinners and have done that my entire career, I'd weigh 500 pounds. I mean, I would be dead from obesity. And so I tell, I tell people, you know what? I'm going to be long-remembered for the work I do for you or with you tomorrow, a lot longer than I'll be remembered as to whether or not I was a convivial dinner companion. And so my routine is I go to the gym, I go to my room, I might have a glass of wine, I might have a cocktail. I'm going to be spending all of my time going over what we're going to be doing tomorrow. So go out, have a good time. I mean, but, and I'll meet you for breakfast. If you want to get up early and have breakfast after we work out, if you want to have a lunch, I'm willing to do that. But I just have a guiding principle that I don't do dinners. Do you know how many people have told me over the years, have said to me, damn it, I need to do that. Damn it, mm -hmm. I want to do that. I mean, how come I've never thought of that? Yeah. It's, it's, I think of the clarifying question as you explained the reasoning behind this and what will matter five days from now? Right. It's something close enough in the future that you can wrap your head around it. But will tonight's dinner matter five days from now? Or will my performance tomorrow matter five days from now? And it's the, the performance tomorrow. It's the performance tomorrow, the work you're going to do with the client, the speech that you're going to give tomorrow. That's what's going to be remembered. Not whether, I mean, you sat there and spilled the beans on your family and on your faith and on your church and on your sports teams and all that stupid talk that goes along with dinners. And I'm not antisocial, but it's a rule that served me well. And when I get to the benefits, I think you're going to understand. Absolutely. Number, number four, I have made it a point since the beginning of my career uh, to just deflect any discussion of religion politics, and sex. I mean, I don't want the subject to come up. I don't want it to be anywhere around me. You and I have done 157 or 158 podcasts together, and we've never talked about politics. Nope. We've never talked about politics. I mean, I recall what we both said the last time we voted. We might have voted for different people. All we said was we held our nose and voted, but we didn't even say who we voted for. Exactly. I mean, th there's no need for the subject of religion, politics, and sex to come up. You're going to find yourself in a compromising position. And the other one is no off-color jokes 
uh, or mm. stories, they w- w- when you tell an off-color Joker story, I-, I think you're assuming familiarity with this person, and you're assuming that they share your values, and you're assuming that they're going to find it funny, and you really risk um, offending uh, someone. And uh, so... No jokes or stories. And then the next one. And I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about it or not. But but given the times and uh, the times that we're in right now, uh, I have a new one. And I do have a new one. I have always been uh, a hugger. I've always been a hugger. And it's not unusual for me to walk off a stage and be surrounded by 50, 60, 80, 100 people or even more during a book signing and hugging people. And I've just decided that is no longer appropriate uh, because it. All it takes is one person considering your behavior to be inappropriate, and you have to understand, for them, it would be real. I mean, I don't think we need to defend our feelings. If they thought it was inappropriate, ergo, it is inappropriate. And so, therefore, uh, all these careers that we see tumbling, um, I I think the new guiding principle for me right now is uh, no hugs. But now, so those are my rules. They've served me well, but let me tell you what I think the five benefits are uh, that I've derived and that other people can derive from having a similar set of rules for this whole idea of professional distancy. Number one, who finds it the easiest to say no to you? It's your friends. Your friends are the are they, no problem. Ah, uh, come on, Dale. Geez, we've been buddies for so long. You know, I'd do it if I could, but I just, you know, I can't. I mean, we're friends. I mean, you understand. So friends find it easiest to say no uh, because I've never been friends with my clients. They don't find it easy to say <laughs> no. That's the first benefit that's happened. Number two, schmoozing is just old world and out of place today. We're living in a fast time. We're living in an innovative time. We're looking at a time where living in a time where everybody is trying to create value or add value and, and, and schmoozing and being schmarmy uh, in hopes that somebody's going to feel sorry for you or like you and give you some business because of your sterling personality. I think those days are gone. In fact, friendships are really really discouraged by companies. They don't want their people to be having friend relationships with vendors and suppliers and other people. Number three, here's the one I feel the best about. You're never going to get in trouble. You're Mm -hmm. never going to get in trouble. You're not going to get in trouble. Uh, Throughout my whole life, call it a character flaw. I never wanted to disappoint my parents. I never wanted to disappoint my brothers and sisters. I never wanted to disappoint my family. Uh, I never wanted to disappoint my pastor. I never wanted to disappoint the other people I knew. I never wanted my my name in a newspaper someplace. I mean, as as somebody who did something wrong. And so, you know, if if if, there's there's a little graphic I came across which I'm in love with, and the little graphic shows it's like a road sign and it says danger. No rules. I mean, believe me, you have a dangerous time when you have no rules, so you won't get in trouble. Number four, clients want more of you when you don't dump everything you've got on their lap the first time. I mean, you know what I like to do with speeches, and I think it's absolutely appropriate to any business uh, intercourse or involvement, and is this. I love to really 
work hard and prepare and let the client know I've worked hard and prepare. I like to show up very early and I like to be agreeable. I like to be friendly. I like to be helpful. I like to be nice. Then I want to perform. Whether that performance is as a speech in my case, whether it's a sales presentation, whatever it is, I want to perform well and exceed expectations. And then I want to thank everybody for the opportunity of being with them. And then I leave. And the reason I leave is twofold. One, I want people to go, who was that masked man anyway? (laughs) I want people to want some more of me. I think I told you the story once of another author who uh, I bumped into at a a convention. I was going to be the keynote of the next day and the final day. And I, I said, now, are you on? He said, no, I was on three days ago. I was going, like, what the hell are you still doing here? I mean, showing that you're helpful? I mean, no, you just said to people you had no, no place else to go, so you might as well stick around three days. And I, 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 I find that the, always hold a little bit in reserve. Make people be curious. Make people want more of you. I mean, don't tell your whole life story in your first couple of encounters and, and, and the mistaken belief that that's going to get you some business. And the final one is this. Let me show you this. I printed it out. I'm going to read it to you because I know you can't see it, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read it to you. And that is this. Great companies uh, insist on professional distancing. This is the gifts and gratuities policy that's been in place at Walmart for years. Listen to this. It is our policy that associates of the company, regardless of their capacity, do not accept for their personal benefits, gratuities, tips, cash, samples, etc., from anyone buying from us or selling to us or in any other way serving our company. We define gifts and gratuities to include tickets to entertainment events, kickbacks in the form of money or merchandise, discounts to one of our associates, a discontinued or no longer used samples, supplier paid trips, Christmas gifts. Any such item received will be returned to the supplier at their expense. Meals are also considered a gratuity. When dining together, the supplier and the Walmart Sam's Club associate must pay for their own meals. This applies to the Walmart and Sam's Club home office area, as well as all other locations. Says it all. Just like that. Clear. Says it all. Just like that. I mean, they're not going to have some vendor selling something coming and schmoozing their buyers and giving them gifts and taking them out to lunch and maybe giving them concert tickets. I mean, they, they understood 30 years ago that a good policy is to maintain professional distancing. So there you got it. You, you, you got my guiding principles. Uh, listen, again, I have many foibles, many character flaws, I'm sure. But these are the five things that I came up with over the years to kind of keep me safe, position me the way I wanted to be positioned as an ultimate professional in the eyes of people and the benefits that I believe were derived from them. Absolutely. And, know, it's uh, we have, have, and, it's, and it's something we've never talked about before. No, I know. We have two teenage kids at home, and it, it, this conversation makes me think of a conversation that we've had many times around the dinner table, and that is every decision we make, every action we take is writing the story of our life. Right. And so the question I ask you know, our teenagers, what story do you want to tell later on? Because what you do now is what makes up the story you tell later on. And if we have a set of principles like you just outlined, we're able to have a really powerful, good, compelling story that we're proud to tell later on. And it's not only the story 
that you're going to get to tell later on, but it's also the story that other people are going to tell about you later Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah. I never wanted to be old Joe. I never wanted to be the guy falling into a heap from the bar stool. I never wanted to be the smarmy guy that thought the way I get somebody's business is to make me like them and give them some concert tickets and basically bribe them. I never wanted to be that person. So, uh, so I don't know if you want to do a quick review of uh, the benefits or what you want to do, but absolutely. Well, I, I, the rules are powerful and I love the fact that you gave reasons why, uh, because, uh, in a, you know, each and every listener is going to have to figure out what their principles right. are that they're going to, to live by. But no friendships with clients, uh, friendly, absolutely. But no friendships, no drinking, wine, beer, cocktails with a client ever. It's just a great way to stay safe. You have no dinner, a no dinner rule with clients. Uh, deflect questions and don't enter into conversations about religion, about politics, about sex, no off-color jokes or stories which assume familiarity. Um, this one is so critical. You don't want to be a cringe factor in the room. Right. And then uh, number Great six, word. the bonus, you have given up hugging. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to miss it, but I look at it this way. I do have lots of family and I do have lots of friends that I'm, I'm going to continue to be able to hug. But I, I think hugging strangers after a speech or in that kind of a situation for right now, I, I think has, well, no, probably not for right now because it's the right thing to do because you don't know how it's going to be interpreted by somebody else. And you don't know if it's going to make somebody else uncomfortable. Now, the, the, uh, the challenge for me is when somebody comes to me open-armed for a hug, I, I'm, I'm going to have to deal with that. And I, I guess I'm just, I'm not a hugger. I, I, I guess I'm not a hugger. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Any other final words for us? Uh, yeah. Um, a, a, a couple. So you'll recall, uh, I wrote the book, uh, Think Big, Act Small. Mm-hmm. I think it came out like 10 years ago. And it studied these 10 companies who had grown their revenues and grown their profits double digits uh, every year for 10 years without a miss. The book came out, big New York Times bestseller, a very, very successful book. And then in about 2010, I believe it was, my publisher, Adrian Zakheim, came back to me and said, you know, we've just been through this huge recession, the Great Recession. Uh, do you think some of these uh, companies uh, failed to perform? He said it'd make a fascinating book if you studied them for another five years. So we went back and studied them for another five years, including the Great Recession. So we studied these companies for 15 years. What I'm excited about is um, every day, every day, uh, no hyperbole, I receive lots of emails from people who have just recently discovered Think Big, uh, Act Small, and the incredibly valuable lessons in that book. So what I urge people to do, and make a great great Christmas gift, and you can buy it for, what, 15 bucks? It's the paperback edition of Think Big, Act Small, and it's got a red banner across the top that says uh, New York Times bestseller or bestselling book or something. And uh, I've had a smile on my face every day this week. I mean, from, uh, from people I'm hearing from who have just discovered this. And of course, um, a book might get old to me, but if you've never read a book and you read it, it's a brand new book to you. And I, uh, mm-hmm. I've always got to keep that in mind as well. So, uh, so those are my thoughts. 
All right. Hey, thank you so much, Jason Jennings, the uh, author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how to group, uh, how you can have your group hear his keynote or an on-site leadership uh, training session. Just visit the website, jason-jennings.com. And with that, this is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.